Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post show for February 24th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. You know, man, I I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like I'm complaining for the sake of complaining. SmackDown tonight was largely very boring. Nothing really happened. Nothing of substance really happened tonight. All we had going in was a face-to-face with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair that turned into a face-to-face with Charlotte Flair and Dominic Mysterio. 
No Rhea Ripley in sight until maybe the last 30 seconds or so. Neither woman said anything to each other on the microphone. I think the most memorable thing that came out of that segment is that Charlotte Flair wanted to reassure us that she was still married to Andrade. That was basically the whole premise of the promo. Charlotte Flair has a Mexican husband at home. It's great. We love Andrade. We miss Andrade. It's great. Don't see how that really factors into Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, which apparently WWE is being pressured into making that the main event of night one at WrestleMania. Sorry. We'll be talking about that tonight as well when we talk about that segment. So we didn't get Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. No story. No story. Now, I don't want to tell you that there is no story completely. There is a story, but it is a story that's been built over, I would say, the last... When was WrestleMania in Tampa? In, in the... Uh, or in Orlando, rather. What was that? Uh, COVID WrestleMania. What was it? WrestleMania 30... What, 36? Nah. Nah, I'm sorry. We need more than that. We're going to need more than that to really sustain... This being the main event of WrestleMania for night one. So then we got Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse. I don't know what the fuck I watched. I don't know what you guys saw or what you watched or what you interpreted from that Firefly Funhouse. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that Bray Wyatt is as ice cold as the fucking iceberg that the Titanic crashed into. We've been going on this shit for five fucking months. Five months. And we get nothing but cryptic promos. We get nothing but cryptic vignettes. We get nothing but, you know, little Easter eggs here and Easter eggs there. I am so over Bray Wyatt and whatever he has going on. We're on this for five months now and you've given me nothing. We don't know who Uncle Howdy is. Clearly, Uncle Howdy is somebody. When are we getting that reveal? That should have been something that we've already gotten up until this point. Nothing. Nothing. Instead, we get a Firefly Funhouse where Bray Wyatt wants to pretend he's a fucking game show host and Uncle Audi wants to be a fucking meteorologist. I don't know how you guys are enjoying this shit, but Bray Wyatt, as far as I'm concerned, is heading in the same direction that The Fiend headed into. He may be joining The Fiend somewhere out in the deserts of Saudi Arabia sooner rather than later if this shit keeps up. Garbage. Four weeks from WrestleMania, and we don't know who the fuck is his WrestleMania opponent. Is it Lesnar? Is it Bobby Lashley? Is it Uncle Howdy? Is it all three of them? I don't fucking know. Fuck me. I gotta go figure it out in a fucking segment that's got puzzles riddled throughout. Listen, I'm not the fucking Riddler, nor do I want to be. You gotta give me something. Enough of the fucking bullshit. It's time to get shit in motion. 
That was five months ago. That was cool with the White Rabbit. That was cool with the Uncle Howdy shit when we first see Uncle Howdy arrive on the scene. Not now. Not now. L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight's wrestling Kofi Kingston tonight. Match doesn't make sense. It was made out of thin air. Sounds like Vince McMahon was back in charge tonight. Nothing match made out of nothing for no reason, no rhyme or reason. And L.A. Knight is directionless going into WrestleMania, coming out of a month-long feud, a couple of months-long feud with Bray Wyatt. Great. Great. He's one of the most must-see guys on the entire Friday Night SmackDown roster. And he has zero plan going into WrestleMania. Directionless from what the viewer watched tonight on SmackDown. What is LA Knight doing at WrestleMania? Fuck do I know. For all we know, he's going to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You know the Battle Royal that WWE will shield to you as a career-defining moment. Fuck out of here, career-defining moment. It's a career-defining bathroom break. That's what it is. LA Knight doesn't deserve that. Do better. Do better. Then we got Sami Zayn and Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso was in the main event segment of tonight's show, begging and pleading Jay to come and be back with the bloodline. Give me something. I've been there for you. You got to be there for me. Sami Zayn shows up. They had a tremendous back and forth in the time that they had with each other. Jay Uso shows up. He walks down the aisle in the crowd like he did when he defended the tag team titles with his brother Jimmy against Braun Strowman and Ricochet. And he did nothing while Jimmy Uso attacked Sammy. Sammy then rebutted, or I guess got his revenge on Jimmy with a halluva kick tonight. Knocked Jimmy out. Solo comes to the rescue. Jay just stands there in the crowd and does nothing as Jay and Sammy have a stare down that we couldn't really see as far as vibe is concerned. But WWE is now taking what we got tonight and again, moving it on to next week because Roman Reigns is going to be back. Who, by the way, wasn't on the show tonight. Neither was Cody Rhodes. So now that will make, going into next week, four weeks where we don't have Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes face-to-face in the middle of the ring together building their match at WrestleMania, which is the main event for the WWE Championships. Four weeks. Yet I got Road Dog on my Twitter timeline telling me that five weeks is more than enough time. Sorry, D-O-double-G. Oh, you didn't know? Now you got four weeks. You're going to shield to me four weeks now is more than enough time. It is not. I don't give a shit what a writer or a producer or an agent or Vince McMahon or Triple H tells me. No, it's not. Four weeks is not enough time now where you've given me nothing with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Nothing. And I'm here to tell you as I look directly into my beautiful camera, looking at you guys in the chat, I'm here to tell you once again, Sami Zayn is still the most important figure in WWE outside of Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania. 
please prove me wrong. Cody Rhodes is in the main event of WrestleMania and already feels like an afterthought. Sami Zayn is the most important man going into Los Angeles besides Roman Reigns, point blank, fact, period. And you want me to be invested in Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. I don't know what happened to the build. I, you know, listen, we got four weeks. Some of you may think four weeks is enough time. Four weeks is not enough time. Do you know in Vince McMahon world, four weeks is all that you'd be getting with WrestleMania build. We wouldn't be getting WrestleMania build up until about now if Vince McMahon is in charge. Very, very similar feel to what's going on in WWE right now. Very similar. Cody versus Roman, confirmed. Bianca Belair versus Asuka, confirmed. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, confirmed. What else is happening at WrestleMania? That's confirmed. That's announced. We got four fucking weeks. After this week, we got four weeks till WrestleMania. Why isn't there a whole night full of matches already confirmed? This is what I don't get. This is why you people just blatantly and blindly accept mediocrity. And you're okay with it. Nobody questions anything. Again, again, again tonight, I had people questioning my complaining about the House of Black versus the Elite, which again happened tonight. Some sort of whatever fucking happened tonight on AEW Rampage. Tremendous match between the Aussie Open and the Young Bucks. Love the Aussie Open. Outside FTR, my favorite tag team on any show, period. Imperium's up there as well. I'd probably put them in the top four or five. Easy. I love Aussie Open. The only reason why I watch Rampage is to see that match. But I could say the same thing about AEW Rampage. I had fucking geeks in my Twitter timeline, on my Twitter timeline, Asking me why I'm complaining about House of Black and the Elite. I'm sorry. If you can pinpoint where the fucking story is, I'd love for you to fucking tell me. Where is the story? What is the story? Is the story House of Black shows up and boogity boogity boo. Let me scare Kenny Omega. Let's see if he's afraid of the dark. What's the story? Or the House of Black trying to conserve Tony Khan's electric bill on Friday night. What's the fucking story? Is the House of Black trying to show everybody that the elite are afraid of the dark? Do they sleep with nightlights on? What's the fucking story? I'll tell you what the story is. There is none. I'm sorry. Same thing's happening over on AEW. That's happening on WWE right now. Everybody is getting lazy. Lazy. Inexcusable. WrestleMania should already have 75% of the card announced. I should not have to sit here and predict fucking matches going into WrestleMania four weeks out. Inexcusable. Where's Gunther's opponent for WrestleMania? Who the fuck is Bray Wyatt wrestling at WrestleMania? Are we getting Omos versus Brock Lesnar? For the love of God, I hope to God not. Because that is fucking awful. 
Not that I give a shit about Brock Lesnar because he himself has been awful. And Omos is fucking awful with the capital A. So maybe I'll just use that match as a bathroom break. But give me a fucking break. That's the best you got for WrestleMania? You genuinely think that match is going to make WrestleMania better? No Cody and Roman. Nothing going on with Jey Uso yet. No Austin Theory and John Cena yet. Finn Balor and Edge. I got to guess if the match is happening. Then we got Dominic and Rey Mysterio. I got to guess if they're wrestling at the pay-per-view. The only reason why Dominic was on the show tonight was because Rhea Ripley was supposed to be there and they did nothing between Rhea and Charlotte. What is LA Knight doing at WrestleMania? Or am I supposed to guess everything that's going on? Four weeks. Four fucking weeks. Tony Khan's had three fucking months to build revolution. December, January, February. How much revolution build have we gotten? I can count on one hand how many fucking matches were actually announced. Not even for revolution. The rest I gotta guess. The rest of them I gotta guess. Pay-per-view build has been weak. Nothing's really felt AEW-like. Everybody's getting lazy. Everybody's getting lazy. You fucking people may drive me to go watch Impact. Impact may be the most precise, concise, and organized promotion right now. I mean, there's a whole fucking card announced. For whatever the fuck they were doing, does Impact do that? Do they announce all the matches two weeks before the fucking pay-per-view? i never seen such laziness in my entire fucking podcasting career up until this month. Shit's got to change. Shit has to change. I'm sorry. We're going to get into all this shit because I feel like I'm going to rant about a couple of things tonight. But Cody and Roman not being on the show, Bray Wyatt feeling as cold as a fucking freezer, Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley laughably want to be the main event of WrestleMania night one, and they did nothing tonight to really convince me or anybody that they deserve the main event. Show sucks. Show sucks. Don't know what to tell you. We're going to get into it. Appreciate you guys hanging out tonight. 2,000 people so far still coming on in. Hit that thumbs up. Would love it if you hit the thumbs up. It's free. Tells me that you actually enjoy what I do here. Costs you nothing. Puts a smile on my face. So I would appreciate you guys do that for me. Let's try for 1,000 likes or at least as close to 1,000 likes as possible tonight. On off the scripts. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are 200 subscribers away already from 142,000 subscribers. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys go check out all the YouTube content on the homepage. We were live for Monday Night Raw. We were live for Dynamite. We were live last night with a little extra talking about the rumor that everybody in the community got wrong where there's smoke this fire about Vince McMahon being back in creative. 
Go check that out. Tons of YouTube shorts up there as well to keep you guys entertained. Go and check all that stuff out. We'd really appreciate it if you do on the homepage. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. Make sure you guys got an additional cold beverage on reserve. Memberships are open. Hit that join button and become a channel member right here on Off The Script. You guys get beautiful emotes to use in the chat, in the comment section. As long as you're a member, you guys get badges next to your name to show off to everybody on the channel that you are indeed a VIP to the best fucking podcast in the IWC live weekly. It's a great deal. Make sure you guys go and do that for me. Hit that join button down below. We are getting very, very close to the grand opening of my mother's basement. Can't wait. Can't wait. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew, bluechew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go and hit them up. Bluechew.com, code JD for your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Appreciate you guys, man. Let's get into SmackDown tonight. We are going to start with the open of the show, which didn't really matter at all. This didn't really matter at all. But I can't take anything away from these five guys. I'm not talking about the hamburger joint either. Can't take anything away from these five guys and Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman has been innocent. I haven't had a problem with Braun Strowman being back. In fact, Braun Strowman's actually been one of the more uh, one of the more livelier WWE returns for Triple H. Honestly. He hasn't done anything wrong, to be quite honest, with the outside that little hiccup on social media, which is par for the course for Braun Strowman, making fun of uh, flippy floppers and uh, indie wrestlers who love to fly all over the place because he can't do it, and he's not as talented as a ricochet, but I digress. Braun Strowman's been okay. I have no problem with him, but... This was a very good match. It didn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things because none of these men on the opposite team of Imperium or going up against Imperium will be challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, there's a rumor going around. There's a rumor going around in the community, on the dirt sheets, that Triple H, after WrestleMania, is going to be positioning Gunther for a world title run as soon as the titles are split for Raw and SmackDown again, Gunther is going to be one of Triple H's top priorities for a world championship. So no doubt about it is Gunther losing the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. No, it won't be against Brock Lesnar. No, it won't be only against Drew McIntyre. It will be Sheamus and Drew McIntyre challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental title. It will be a triple threat match. Now, there's a battle royal at a, at a Madison Square Garden house show that supposedly will determine Gunther's WrestleMania opponent. Why it's taking place at a fucking house show that's not televised, I don't know. I don't know. That should absolutely be on SmackDown or Monday Night Raw or, or whoever. It should be open to, to everybody. It should be an open invitational battle royal. 10 from Raw, 10 from SmackDown. Get him in the ring. Who challenges Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship? Let's get it on the road to WrestleMania. Happening on a Monday or Friday night. At WrestleMania house show at Madison Square Garden? No. No. So that's the news there. I'm sure we'll talk about it when we're live on Sunday night. 
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Match was fine. Solid opener. Can't take anything away from Imperium. They're fucking incredible. Braun Strowman's been doing his thing. Ricochet's great. Madcap. Madcap is Madcap. I don't know what they're doing with him. It looks like they may be turning him heel he may be going in a different direction as far as a character change. We don't know. We don't know. He blamed the loss on the fans, turning his, uh, or turning their, rather, turning their back on him in his match against Gunther in Montreal. I mean, can you blame them? Can you blame them? If you're watching that match, who are you going for, Gunther or Madcap? I think everybody's invested in Gunther and not Madcap. Ricochet had the early advantage for his guys. Standing shooting star press, Giovanni Vinci. He pretended, or actually, no, prevented a tag and rocked Ricochet with a clothesline. Imperium took over. Ricochet was being beaten down. Ricochet tried to fight back, make a babyface comeback. Kaiser caught Ricochet with a shot to the throat, slapped Strowman across the face for some extra measure just to fuck with him. Strowman tried to get in the ring. This distracted the referee because he tried to get Strowman out of the ring. This allowed Imperium to beat down Ricochet three on one, and Ricochet was in a whole world of trouble. Kaiser slowed the pace. He tried to work over Ricochet's arm with an arm bar. Ricochet attempted an escape with some forearm shots. He fired back with a big knee. Kaiser took the shot, caught Ricochet with a clothesline. Gunther tagged in, backed Ricochet into his corner again against the ropes. And all of a sudden, we see Drew McIntyre walk out and walk down the aisle He's just standing there in his black leather coat looking all cool. And he's watching the match happen. Gunther looked over at McIntyre but refocused on Ricochet because he knows that McIntyre doesn't really mean much of anything right now. Don't let me take my eye off of Ricochet. Gunther's a ring general. Why would he? So Strowman got the hot tag as Ricochet broke free of Gunther. He ran wild. Strowman and Gunther were trading chops back and forth. Gunther went after Strowman's knee. Strowman broke free. Madcap made a blind tag. He came in, tried to go wild. Gunther took over with a hard chop, vicious clothesline, powerbomb, and that was it. As soon as Madcap got in the ring, the match was over. Madcap fucked everything up for his team, and Gunther took advantage over the weakest link on the team. Imperium wins in a solid opener doesn't really do much of anything for the rest of the show or anything for the WrestleMania build as far as finding out who is Gunther's WrestleMania opponent. After the match, McIntyre took off his jacket. T's jumping into the ring. 
The Viking Raiders ran out and absolutely blasted McIntyre in the back. Sheamus ran out for the save. Strowman ran over the Raiders, and Ricochet wiped out the Raiders as well with a huge dive. McIntyre, Sheamus, Ricochet, and Strowman celebrated without Madcap Moss after the match. So it looks like Madcap Moss is the black sheep of the babyface locker room. They are definitely teasing a Madcap heel turn or character change or some sort of deviating away from what he is right now. I don't know. Maybe this is a way... Maybe this is a way we get Madcap back to Riddick Moss because what the fuck is a Madcap? Madcap is lame. I can't. I cannot see ever Madcap being on the marquee of a major match. Madcap Moss. No. No, I'm sorry. Maybe this is his turning point in WWE, and they're finally starting to focus on all this for something to happen after WrestleMania. Maybe he's going to be a priority of Triple H's. After WrestleMania, we will see. We will see. Right now, he's got nothing going on. He's too good. He came out of that bullshit with Baron Corbin, and I honestly think he's got a lot that WWE wants out of a superstar. He's got the look. He's got the in-ring ability. He is somebody that I think could really go far. I mean, they've teased him quite a bit couple of times as a future piece of the company. And Paul Heyman absolutely loves him. Paul Heyman loves Madcap. So hopefully that is the direction that Triple H is taking Madcap Moss. Maybe this is all being done to get rid of this Madcap moniker, this character of Madcap Moss, and we get Riddick Moss. Maybe a heel Riddick and a heel Emma. Because she's ice cold as well. And she's too good to be fucking sitting around doing nothing either. We need something going on. We need something to light the fire under, the, uh, under both of their asses. So hopefully that's it. Kayla Braxton. She was backstage with Rey Mysterio. He said that he's going to put down Karrion Cross once and for all. In walks Santos Escobar. Love Santos. He talked about an honor it was. What an honor it was to receive the mask from Rey Mysterio. He said he wanted to show the WWE Universe how much he respects Rey Mysterio. Rey said the feeling is mutual. Dominic walked in with Rhea Ripley and asked Escobar how long he's going to kiss up to Rey Mysterio. Santos told Dominic that he needs to learn respect and he is going to be the guy to teach him. Dominic said those in prison who didn't back up what they said got dealt with. Escobar turned and laughed with Rey then turned back and Ripley was in his face. Dominic was sarcastically wishing Ray luck against Karrion Cross. I'll see you out there, and then left. Escobar told Ray not to let Dominic bother him. Ray says, how could he not be bothered? Because at the end of the day, that is my son. I'm loving the Ray Mysterio and Santos Escobar dynamic. I think this is a great move. Just like how I said to you guys, Cody Rhodes coming out before Elimination Chamber and being Sami Zayn's cheerleader going into that match with Roman Reigns instead of just ignoring it, how that was a great move. This is a great move. Because not only was Legato kind of in the middle of nothing and they weren't really getting the reaction that I had anticipated for how great those three guys are 
they were kind of lukewarm. They weren't really hitting their stride yet on the main roster. You're hearing all these reports about Triple H being disappointed with some of the talent he's called up from NXT or some of the talent that he's brought back as far as hiring them back to WWE. I don't want that to ever include somebody like Santos Escobar. But this is going to take Santos and Legato to the next level. And I like that Rey Mysterio is in this thing. He's trying to help Cross get over in this feud with Cross. We got this little Dominic and Rey Mysterio feud building towards WrestleMania. We got Rey Mysterio now using his star power to team up with Santos Escobar, who's a fellow luchador himself, getting Legato to where they need to be. Rey Mysterio's essence and presence and the use of Rey Mysterio is being pulled at a couple of different ways. And I like that. I like that a lot. You don't want to stretch him too thin, but I like the use of Rey Mysterio here, especially him getting Santos over in the eyes of the fans because they got that one common thing that they have between them, and that is Luchador. And that mask being traded back and forth. They traded masks in a WWE.com exclusive. I thought that was great. It's going to take Legato to the next level. Now, out of this, we could see Legato and Judgment Day feud. After WrestleMania, we could see Legato and Judgment Day feud. I think Judgment Day is going to actually end up being moved over to SmackDown to kind of kick this feud off. And then at the end of it, when you get settled and you get Santos in the eyes of the fans as somebody that Rey Mysterio can trust, and Santos is built up as this babyface who's, you know, good friends and he respects Rey Mysterio, then, then you get that turn. And then you get Santos and Rey building to a match at SummerSlam and then you fight between those two guys. The fight between those two guys would be for the essence of Luchador. Because that's what Legato's deal was in NXT. They wanted to really rebrand what Luchador meant to WWE. They wanted to mold Luchador in what they thought it was and in their own image. And at the end of this all, when Santos is inevitably going to turn on Rey Mysterio when that trust is gained and then he kind of shoves that away and shoves it in Rey's face and that friendship comes to an end. I mean, there's no better feud there to model what a luchador means to you. Santos and Rey, that's a tremendous match. That is a tremendous match. That's something that I I had pitched many, many, many months ago with Dominic. When Dominic first joined WWE and they paired him with Rey Mysterio, he was as green as grass. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing in there. He never went to the NXT promotion once. He never really graduated from there. He went down there and wrestled one time, I think, on the 2.0 version. He should have been down there, and that's something that Dominic should have been doing. Dominic should have graduated from NXT up to the main roster, especially when Santos was still the Cruiserweight champion. The story that could have been told down there with Dominic, at least it would have been a great start to what we're seeing now. Dominic chasing the title that Rey Mysterio made famous in WCW, the WCW Cruiserweight Championship, held by Legato Del Fantasma and Santos Escobar. That's something that Dominic really should have chased in NXT, and that should have been his first taste of WWE superstardom right down there. They didn't do that. Now we're seeing this. And I'm thinking back to that. I'm like, man, that was a missed opportunity. So I love what they're doing here with Santos. I think it's going to work wonders for Legato. And that's exactly what I want to see. Jimmy Uso. 
He was backstage with Solo and Paul Heyman. Jimmy told Solo that a few weeks ago, when they had to defend the tag team titles, he knew Jay would be there for them. He said, since Montreal, it feels different. He says he might be spooked because of the Sammy thing. Paul Heyman walked up to them and said, he'll stay back with Solo while he faces Jay man-to-man, uso-to-uso, yeet. Jimmy agreed. You know, it's one thing that WWE does right. Something like this. And what I mean by that is, they take little parts of the storyline right now, which is the biggest storyline in all of the industry, this Bloodline Sammy KO story. They take little parts of it weekly, and they spread it out across the show. And it's the main storyline going into Friday night every single week. AEW should really learn how to do this with Dynamite. Take the biggest story. First of all, they need a long-term story. Then they take the story, and it builds through multiple segments in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, and you keep people watching Dynamite. You keep people invested in Dynamite to see where the story is going. I don't see none of that happening on AEW television. It's almost as if they forgot how to do that. That's what they need to do. Now, again, I don't know if the AEW fan base doesn't want long-term booking. I don't know if they like long-term storytelling. Maybe they, all they want is banger matches, but they should really take a page out of WWE's book with the Bloodline story and, and do something as far as coming up with their own long-term booking. Come up with their own long-term storyline and spread it out through multiple segments every Wednesday on Dynamite to keep people invested instead of just putting on match after match after match after match. Yeet. That's what needs to be done. L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight. Yeah! Love L.A. Knight, man. He made his ring entrance. So... He's out there, and he says, it's the season everyone is talking about. Their WrestleMania moment. Everybody wants a WrestleMania moment. He didn't come to WWE for the moments. He said he came to WWE to make money and win titles. But the path to that is WrestleMania. He says, you can't have an L.A. WrestleMania moment without L.A. Knight. And he is correct. He is 100% Factually correct. He says he's going to give WrestleMania an L.A. Knight moment. Get this man on the card stat. New Day came out. Kofi Kingston said L.A. Knight's only been on the WWE roster for a few months. False. False. He's been in NXT for a couple of years now. He's been on the main roster for several months as Max Dupree. And then Triple H took over and we got L.A. Knight back. So he's been there for more than a few months. So who is he to be demanding anything right now? Knight says he didn't recall inviting the nerd day out here and took a dig at their video game antics. So, you know, I want to say at least LA Knight's not demanding a fucking title match. All he's demanding is a spot on the WrestleMania card. Is that so bad? I don't think so. I like that he called the new day the nerd day. I chuckled. So he says he has undeniable charisma, fact. And then he said, yeah. Xavier Woods said being nerds has made them a hell of a lot of money. Xavier said WrestleMania moments aren't handed out, they're earned. 
he brought up Kofi Kingston's WrestleMania moments. Knight took offense to Xavier, accusing him of wearing fake leather. He asked Kofi how that Kofi Mania thing worked out for him. Seven seconds. Brock Lesnar, I remember. Kofi Mania was great. Kofi, Kofi Mania, as far as the title reign, thumbs down. Booked like shit. So, Kofi entered the ring and says he won the WWE title at WrestleMania. He says he wasn't waiting for a WrestleMania moment, but was fighting in the ring and behind the scenes for it. He said he'd like a chance to shut him up in the ring tonight. Knight said if that's a challenge, since the fans feel strongly about it, he's game. Xavier called Adam Pearce to make the match official. Referee ran out, and we got LA Knight versus Kofi Kingston on SmackDown. Match had no, no implications for anything WrestleMania, and they went nearly 16 minutes. A nothing match with no reason why it took place went 16 minutes. Now, normally I would say, great, great. But how can I be invested in something when this really isn't where L.A. Knight A should be and B, this is not his WrestleMania plan? As far as I'm concerned, L.A. Knight seems rather directionless going into WrestleMania. And that's something that I think we need to change immediately. This is somebody that should be in something, especially if he feuded with your biggest guy who right now I think is the biggest babyface on the brand in Bray Wyatt in the biggest feud that was taking place outside of Roman Reigns and the Bloodline on SmackDown. And now he's directionless going into WrestleMania. Some people that I interacted with on Twitter tonight said that Bray Wyatt killed LA Knight's momentum. Now, I don't know if I believe that, but it didn't really do LA Knight any favors after what we saw with that fucking Mountain Dew pitch black garbage at Royal Rumble. Don't know how anybody could go through that and come out looking good. But it did LA Knight no favors for sure. Smash was fine. At the end of the day, folks, you want my honest opinion? It doesn't mean anything. And LA Knight can't seem to get a win. He lost to Bray Wyatt. We haven't seen him since. He's on SmackDown tonight. He loses here to Kofi Kingston with a trouble in paradise. Is LA Knight going to get a win? Is he ever going to win a match again? Or are we going to book him to lose every time to hopefully win a royal or a battle royal that means nothing or, or, or money in the bank and he wins it going in as a loser? I don't want the same mistakes made over and over and over and over again, especially with somebody like this who could be a guy at the top of your card that really makes a fucking dent in what he does. Kingston was in control. He slowed the pace down, working over LA Knight's arm. Knight tried to gain control back with a body slam for a near fall. Kingston blocked a neck breaker. Hit a splash in the corner. LA Knight blocked a third splash, dropping Kingston on the top turnbuckle. LA Knight grabbed Kingston by the head, throwing him into the turnbuckle. LA Knight got in Xavier's face and dared Woods to hit him, basically egging him on for a DQ. Knight hit a slingshot shoulder tackle for a near fall. Kingston recovered, hit the boom drop. He set up for trouble in paradise. LA Knight avoided it. Knight hit a back suplex into a urinagi. Knight took out Woods, who kept playing his trombone. Kingston wiped out Knight with a dive on the outside. Knight then leapt onto the top turnbuckle. 
when he regained his footing. Woods got in L.A. Knight's face after that little cheap shot and played the trombone in L.A. Knight's face. This distraction allowed Kingston to trip up Knight. He fell off the top turnbuckle, and he got hit with trouble in paradise for the win. L.A. Knight loses a 16-minute match with Kofi Kingston, and it means nothing. Absolutely nothing. He deserves a WrestleMania match against whom? I don't know. Charlotte Flair, the android. She's on SmackDown tonight, which you know what that means. That means remote controls are being picked up and the click is being heard worldwide. Charlotte Flair is as dull and boring as a babyface as I ever seen anybody ever. She is fucking god Awful, nauseating as a babyface. I cannot stand to see this woman smile and pretending that she loves everybody. Disgusting. Genuinely disgusting behavior. Charlotte Flair. She made her way out to the ring as Rhea Ripley was set to confront the SmackDown Women's Champion. She said it's just 35 days until WrestleMania. Oh, that's it? 35 days until WrestleMania. How many matches do we got announced? How many question marks still loom with 35 days still left to go? Is it enough time to make me care? She pointed at the WrestleMania sign. She said Rhea Ripley likes to run her mouth on Raw, so she can't wait to hear what she has to say tonight to her face. She invited her to the ring. No music went off. Charlotte says, hmm... I think I smell hesitation. She said it's okay to be scared and having second thoughts about choosing her given what happened the last time they faced off at WrestleMania. Dominic Mysterio walked out instead. Dominic's got a microphone. He says he's not going to let her take shots at mommy. Charlotte said this is adult time. So how about you go get mommy and tell her to come out here and face me like a real woman instead of hiding behind her boy toy. Dominic said she sounds jealous, almost bitter. He said Rhea Ripley is the hottest thing in WWE right now, and that bothers Charlotte Flair. He said no woman has ever entered the Royal Rumble at number one and won it all. He said that should, or he said that uh, she should smile more often because she's beautiful. So now he's hitting on Charlotte. So, he then, he then says, Rhea Ripley is strong, and when she hugs me, she damn near breaks my back. And then he added, when she makes sweet, sweet, dot, dot, dot. You know where that was going. So Charlotte interrupted and said, listen, I have a real Latino man at home with a much thicker dot, dot, dot accent. She said she doesn't know what he's talking about. So we go from Rhea Ripley and Charlotte to Dominic and Charlotte with Dominic hitting on Charlotte with Charlotte then telling everybody that she has Andrade at home who's packing the heat in the pants. That's where this promo went. That's what they thought was going to get me to think, oh man, this is, is going to be a WrestleMania main event for the ages. 
talking about Andrade's fucking uh, burrito. Give me a break. Are you fucking serious? So she's out there and then she says she doesn't know what he's talking about. Dominic said he thinks they have a lot in common. He says they're multi-generational WWE superstars and they know what it's like to be compared to their fathers and be better than them and surpass them even though they don't like to see it. Fans booed. Dominic says he knows that his dad was a lot worse. He says he was a deadbeat dad and and an afterthought of a father. He said that messed him up. He said the fans don't know what it's like and that puts a big chip on his shoulder. He said when mommy beats Charlotte at WrestleMania, she'll realize her dad was right that she isn't good enough. Dom was sarcastically smiling at this smug look on his face. Charlotte said, unlike Dom, she loves her dad. Then she wished Ric Flair a happy 74th birthday tomorrow, and he still could go. She said if he was there, he'd kick Dominic's ass. But since he isn't, she took off her belt, and she made advances towards Dominic and was going to beat the shit out of Dominic right there in the ring. Dominic put his hands up. No, 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 no. Rhea Ripley's music then plays. She walks down the aisle. She gets into the ring. Dominic pulled her away from Charlotte. Ripley ran back and got in Charlotte's face. Charlotte held up the SmackDown women's title, and nothing was said between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. You know, I said this on the podcast last night, and I'm going to reiterate what I said last night here tonight. If you guys are reading the Vince McMahon rumors, he's back in creative. His name is on the movie posters of all the superstars. It says directed by Vince McMahon. If you go look at the WrestleMania movie poster, uh, little, you know, promo shots that they got directed by Vince McMahon. Why? Why is something like that able to be visible to the public? And then WWE expect people not to ask questions. I said, if Vince McMahon is in charge of any show, you will know. You will know completely. This is one of those moments where I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely wonder if Vince McMahon is in charge. If certain things that have occurred on WWE television weren't blatant enough Charlotte winning the title the way that she did reeked of Vince McMahon. You are never going to convince me that that was a Triple H move. The way that she won the title, that's not the way Triple H operates. He never pulled a stunt like that in how many years he was running NXT. We never seen a stunt like that from Triple H creatively ever. Then you got... The Omos and Brock Lesnar match. Apparently, people think that this is Triple H changing plans. No, give me sports. No, Lewis Dangor. No, geeks in the IWC. This is not Triple H changing plans. This is Vince McMahon changing Triple H's plans. Because Vince McMahon has a say in what happens at WrestleMania. If you don't think that's the case, then you are a fucking idiot. Why didn't Sami Zayn win the world titles? Vince McMahon would never allow it. I'm wondering what's going on here. The lack of build, the lack of matches being announced. We're four weeks away from WrestleMania. We got three matches announced. 
Sounds like a Vince McMahon move. This looks like a Vince McMahon move. We went from a Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair face-to-face to Charlotte Flair talking about Andrade's dick. Indirectly. I don't get what we got here. Like, what happened to the face-to-face? This is what you call a face-to-face? If you wanted Dominic and Rey Mysterio to have a face-to-face, and you wanted Dominic to talk about Rey Mysterio, why didn't Dominic talk about Rey Mysterio in front of Rey Mysterio? Why did he need to talk about Rey Mysterio to Charlotte Flair? Yet I read reports, and I see reports, that WWE wants to put Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley in the main event of night one at WrestleMania. Based off what? Charlotte Flair talking about Andrade's burrito? I'm sorry, I failed to see how this match feels WrestleMania main event worthy with Charlotte Flair talking about her Latino husband. She's not wrestling her Latino husband at WrestleMania. She's wrestling Rhea Ripley. I'm going to read this now, and I'll probably go over this again on Sunday, but this shit pissed me the fuck off today. And I sat with this, and I, I read it, and I looked at it, and I'm coming up with conclusions on how fucking stupid this sounds. If you think this is a main event match coming out of tonight's SmackDown, I don't know why, I don't know why you think this deserves to be WrestleMania main event worthy. I don't. And they're not going to do anything in the next four weeks to make you believe or convince you of that either. They're not. WWE has announced three matches for WrestleMania. You guys know what they are. I talked about them tonight already. The belief is that Rhodes versus Reigns, unless WWE pulls a fast one on us and Sami Zayn's going to be added to a triple threat match, I don't know. Rhodes and Reigns will headline the second night of WrestleMania. We know that much. Based on what WWE has done on TV, Brock Lesnar versus Omos and Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt are also expected. Bathroom break and bathroom break. Thank you very much, Triple H. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are reportedly scheduled to challenge for the women's tag team titles. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are expected to challenge the Usos for the tag team titles on the men's side. Charlotte Flair has been publicly pushing for WWE to let her and Rhea Ripley headline WrestleMania Night 1. No shit. No shit, man. Wow. Oh, my goodness, man. Charlotte's been publicly lobbying. She's been publicly lobbying ever since she went away last May for this match to happen. Never mind WrestleMania season. She's been pushing for it to happen. Rhea Ripley could have easily challenged Bianca Belair for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. But no, 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 no. We can't have Bianca Belair be the first woman to main event two WrestleManias in her young career, not before Charlotte. No, 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 no. We can't have that happen. So they had Rhea Ripley challenge Charlotte to a WrestleMania SmackDown Women's Championship match after Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble, thinking that if that happened, Charlotte would have a greater opportunity to main event night one of WrestleMania and become the first woman in WWE history to main event WrestleMania twice. She wants that distinction, not Becky, 
not Bianca, not anybody else. Charlotte Flair wanted that to happen for that very reason. Then she'll go on some podcast and say, oh, well, you know, why wouldn't you want a main event? Isn't, isn't this why people get into the business? Yeah, I, I, I hear it all the time. And she wants to complain about the fans who think she's entitled and the fans who think this and that about her, that she's handed everything on a silver fucking platter. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'm going to tell you guys something right here, and I'm going to tell Charlotte something, and I'm going to tell everybody listening to me what I'm about to tell you, and if you don't like it, you can kiss my fucking asshole, okay? How can you appreciate something when you've done nothing to earn it? What has Charlotte done to earn a WrestleMania main event match this year? She's done nothing to earn it. How could you think that you deserve something when you've done absolutely nothing to earn it? She's done nothing for the division. She actively brings the division down. She's a fucking hindrance on the rest of the women's roster. It's always Charlotte, 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 and fuck everybody else. She won the title in fucking 20 seconds after being away for seven months. And then all of a sudden she thinks she gets a WrestleMania main event match because she's Charlotte Flair and the SmackDown Women's Champion. Meanwhile, Rhea Ripley won a fucking Royal Rumble at one hour and one minute. And she deserves to be there. Bianca deserves to be in the main event. She's been on TV all fucking year defending that title at every fucking pay-per-view. And Charlotte gets the main event of WrestleMania because she's Charlotte Flair. I don't see how that is how you think of the women. I don't see how you think that's right. Or am I wrong? Or am I wrong? I mean, am I speaking out of my asshole? Or do I make a lot of sense? Clip it. Share it around on Twitter. Go cry over it like you all cried over the fucking Meltzer Awards today, thinking that they're real. Like there's some fucking real, some real awards being handed out to Kenny Omega and Tony Khan and all the AEW fucking guys. Go cry about it. How can you, how can you feel that you deserve something when you've done nothing to earn it? She will live in the shadow of her father for the rest of her career. And that's all that she is. Meanwhile, she's lobbying to main event WrestleMania. Off of what? Talking about her husband's schlong? Give me a break. In the Wrestling Observer, Meltzer reported that the internal feeling is that WWE wants Flair and Rhea Ripley in the main event of night one. Listen to this fucking reason. Listen to this reason. Meltzer wrote, and I quote, Reigns vs. Rhodes is expected to headline the second night. We know that much. There is no decision on the main event past an internal feeling that Charlotte Flair will wrestle Rhea Ripley right now, and that is the favorite for night one. There is a push, there is a feeling for sponsors and political reasons. After the men main evented both nights last year, it would be good for a women's match to headline, and the feeling Flair versus Ripley is stronger than Bianca versus Asuka for the spot. If there is Usos versus Zayn and Kevin Owens, one would think that that would be the other favorite. There's a push, 
and a feeling internally for sponsors and political reasons to put this match on in the main event of night one. Let me read it slower for you guys. There is a push for sponsors and political reasons for this match to main event night one of WrestleMania. If anybody gets a wind of this match being made into the main event of night one for sponsors and political reasons, you are already cutting the legs off of both women for this match in the main event, and it ultimately will be looked at as a fucking waste of time. Why don't you actually develop a story between these two and give me a reason to care about it being the main event of WrestleMania instead of giving me, oh yeah, we're only doing it because political reasons. Because the women deserve equality to the men? That's the reason why you're putting it on the main event. Let me tell you something. You want the cold hard facts? You want the cold hard truth? I don't give a shit about equality. It's about what is most important. Oh, but J.D. Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble. Great. I love Rhea Ripley. I'm happy for Rhea Ripley. I can't wait for her to win the fucking title at WrestleMania. On any other year, I would be preaching equality. On any other year, I'd be saying, yeah, the woman who won the Royal Rumble should absolutely main event night one. And if it was most important going into WrestleMania, I would say give it to them. I'm not telling you that this year. I don't give a shit who won the Royal Rumble. I don't give a fuck how many Royal Rumbles Rhea Ripley won. I don't give a shit how how long she lasted in the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte is a fucking dud. That's what you want to go off the air for night one with. A dud? A dud that is only being put there for political reasons. Interesting. You know where I think? You know where my mentality is? What is the most important thing you could do for night one of WrestleMania? Certainly at Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. No, but we need to put it on because of equality. Fuck equality. This year, we don't need equality. You could do equality next year. You could do equality on Monday Night Raw following WrestleMania. For WrestleMania, we do what is most important in the main events. This is not the most important. The most important is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens eventually coming together to wrestle the Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. If Sami Zayn, who is the most important figure in the entire company outside Roman Reigns, going into this specific event, if he's not wrestling Roman, then he should be in the main event of WrestleMania. And that is on night one with Kevin Owens winning the Tag Team Championships. What is the most important storyline in this industry right now? I'll give you a clue. It doesn't revolve around Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. You want to put them on the WrestleMania card? Have them open the show. Have them open the show. That'll be more than enough for Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they go on in the main event against the Usos. The bloodline is what is carrying your company. Night one, night two. Bloodline, bloodline. That's what WrestleMania should be built around. You know, Ric Flair won, coincidentally, Charlotte's father won the WWF World Heavyweight Championship in the Royal Rumble 
1992, Ric Flair didn't main event WrestleMania at WrestleMania 8 against Macho Man Randy Savage. Fucking Hulk Hogan and Psycho Sid, Sid Justice, main evented WrestleMania. Now, I'm not saying that it's the same thing, but for a lot of people who think, oh, well, you know, the, the Royal Rumble winner has to main event WrestleMania. No, they don't. No, they don't. I'm sure there are other things that happened in the annals of WWE history where someone won a Royal Rumble and didn't main event WrestleMania. I mean, Alberto Del Rio won a 40-man fucking Royal Rumble and opened WrestleMania defending the title, or I guess wrestling for the title, against who, Edge? He won the Royal Rumble and opened WrestleMania. So don't, don't spew politics to me. Don't spew sponsors to me. I've been advocating for better women's wrestling forever. And I will continue to do that. But in this case, you have to do what is right. You have to do what is most important. Sponsors and political reasons. Please, anybody that's listening to this, are you going to care about that because political reasons? Why don't you book a fucking storyline and make me give a shit about the match actually being a main event WrestleMania match? When you do that, maybe my entire rant here would have come off a little bit different. Sammy K.O. Uso's main event WrestleMania. Nothing else. Night one. Well, Roman and Cody main event night two. I don't want to hear another fucking word. My opinion will not change on it. I will not change my stance on it. And Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair in the next four weeks will not Make compelling television enough for me to believe they will be the WrestleMania main event in night one. They will not. Give me a fucking break. Undertaker and Roman main evented WrestleMania 33. There you go. Do you need any other? Do you need any other? Keep giving them to me. Give me examples. Shinsuke Nakamura won the Royal Rumble, right? Where did he main event WrestleMania? He didn't. He won the Royal Rumble. He wrestled AJ Styles in the co-main event. Don't give me bullshit on how Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair need to WrestleMania main event because they're women and we need equality. You fucking break. Moving on. Sure somebody will get angered by that. Oh, JD's a sexist. Proof is in the history of WWE. Tell me when I am lying to you. And then I'll shut my fucking mouth. Any questions? Class dismissed. Sheamus and Daniel Bryan open WrestleMania 28. There you go. Any more? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins won the Royal Rumble and... And what? What happened? What, what did Seth Rollins do? Why are you guys mentioning Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins won the Rumble and didn't main event WrestleMania 35. There you go. Seth Rollins won, won the Royal Rumble and opened WrestleMania 35. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Love it. God, I love it, man. 
factual historical information will be the downfall of the fucking people who want to claim sexism. And JD hates women. I love it. I love it. Fucking love it. Open the show. And you can guarantee fucking damn tea it. I'm clipping that entire thing and I'm putting it on Twitter. Moving on. God, I love my job. I love what I do, man. I really do. I, I love, I love, you know what? I'm going to give myself a round of applause, man. Love it. Love it, man. Move it on. Natalia. She wrestled Shayna Baszler. This match went 13 minutes. Natalia and Shayna Baszler went 13 minutes. Oh my goodness. Were any of you still alive during this match? How many of you actually caught a nice 13 minute cat nap during this match? Remember when is the theme for Shayna Baszler. Remember when Shayna Baszler actually had cool theme music. Remember when Shayna Baszler was a fucking savage in NXT, decimating any woman that stepped in her way. Remember when Shayna Baszler had an identity of her own. Remember Shayna Baszler's cool, badass leather jacket where I used to say on my NXT reviews, I'd love to go have a couple of cold beverages with Shayna Baszler. I would hire Shayna Baszler as my bodyguard. That's a fucking beast she was. Remember when Shayna Baszler used to cut those vicious promos and left everybody trembling in their boots? Remember when? Pepperidge Farm remembers Shayna Baszler. I don't know who the fuck this Shayna Baszler is. She's out there. She's out there with, uh, you know who, Ronda Oh, my God, man. Shayna Baszler wins in 13 minutes. Baszler, offense on Natalia. Natalia made a comeback, back suplex, her discus clothesline, followed by a sharpshooter attempt. Baszler kicked Natalia off of her. Baszler bailed out to ringside. Natalia kicked Baszler and then yelled at Ronda, who was at ringside. When Natalia re-entered the ring, Baszler hit a knee to the jaw, applied the armbar for the tap-out win, and Shayna Baszler wins in 13 minutes. Afterwards, Shayna Baszler knocked Tegan Knox off the ring apron, who was out there. I, I, yeah, let's just randomly throw Tegan Knox into the mix. Nobody even knows who the fuck Tegan Knox is up until this point. Baszler held Natalia as Rousey set up a move, but Knox returned to the ring to block her. Rousey, uh, Rousey, Rousey, and Baszler bailed out. And then Rousey from the aisleway was telling Tegan Knox, she was yelling at Tegan Knox, calling her uh, Rainbow Girl or whatever the fuck she was calling her, and said that next week she's going to taste the rainbow. I guess Ronda Rousey's a fan of Skittles. 
or she's just a terrible promo, one or the other. Has there anybody, has there ever been anybody that has fallen so far off the fucking chart than Ronda Rousey? It's like Ronda Rousey and Bray Wyatt could be neighbors. I may have to bring back my alphabet skit. You know, Humberto, I tell you what, man, he had months and months of rent on that, uh, that alphabet. He was the letter L. Looks like we have Bray Wyatt and Ronda Rousey being neighbors with the letter L. Awful. But it gives a shit. Skittles, taste the rainbow. Firefly Funhouse. Oh, great. Oh, great. Firefly. Firefly Funhouse, man. I can't wait to talk about this fucking disgusting segment. Nothing of value was learned here. They showed the Funhouse set. Then it cut to an old console TV and somebody battling between, between two Undertaker action figures. These hands behind the TV, they were like pretending to play fight with two Undertaker Mattel figures. Then they cut to Bray watching a clip of himself on an iPad calling out Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Then a clip aired of Bobby Lashley talking about being disrespected with Funhouse sound effects behind it. Bray then welcomed everyone to Funhouse News. I mean, where did he get inspiration from this? Uh, Bray Wyatt turning into Killer Keemstar right before our very eyes. Rambling Rabbit was with him. Bray says it's time for a weather report. Uncle Howdy showed up. He was a meteorologist going over the weather patterns in Indiana. Bray then appeared as a talk show host with a wig. They had a black and white footage of teenage girls in the 1960s screaming at Bray Wyatt while he was pretending to wave at them and blow them kisses. Then they advertised, can you keep a secret as upcoming shows on the channel? Odd images aired throughout the Funhouse doorway. Howdy then asked, if I told you a story, could you keep a secret? Well, I don't fucking know. The whole fucking storyline's been a fucking secret. Five months of a fucking secret. I'm tired of the secrets. Tell me what your fucking secret is or shut your fucking mouth. Bray Wyatt is fucking garbage. This entire shtick is garbage. Five months. We've been given TV for five months that's been nothing but riddles and fucking innuendos and Easter eggs and and fucking mystery. How can anyone sit here and just, oh, oh man, I'm so excited to see where it goes. Oh, man. I've been asking this for five fucking months now. It's like the fucking day that never comes. I mean, I don't know what they're going for here. What are they going for? I don't give a fuck about what's going on or what this uncovers or what this means or what the riddles are. Can you keep a secret? I don't give a fuck what your secret is. Tell me what your WrestleMania match is and build it through fucking promos. What happened to simplistic, old-fashioned storytelling? Oh, but Bray Wyatt doesn't do that, man. He's thinking outside the box. Well, maybe you should fucking toss the box and put it out for recycling because that shit is getting on my fucking nerves. This shit sucks. Has there been anybody 
that started off. I mean, I can't think of anybody. I mean, I mean, the, the difference between October and now is mind-boggling. Has there been anybody that has fallen off so quickly and so rapidly than Bray Wyatt? This man went from being the hottest act in the entire wrestling world to fucking ice cold. Ice fucking cold. This guy's colder than vanilla ice on a good day. Holy fucking shit. Maybe Rob Van Winkle should fucking enlist Bray Wyatt on the upcoming Ice Ice Baby remix. The fuck are we doing here, man? Can we keep a secret? What's the secret? Is it Alexa Bliss? I hope to God not. I don't want to know any secrets that she has. Who is he wrestling at WrestleMania? All I gathered from this is that Bobby Lashley was in the vignette, in the promo. Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley. Why? Why? Someone, for the love of God, tell me what they have between Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt. What is the, the correlation between the two? I mean, we're four weeks from WrestleMania, and you're booking Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania? What the fuck does Bobby Lashley have to do with Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt have to do with Bobby Lashley? I'm sure some fucking internet geek is going to uncover something. Oh, well, he talked about this six months ago, and it all leads back to Bobby Lashley. Give me a fucking break. There's nothing there. I'll save you the fucking effort. Go touch grass, geek. Give me a fucking break with this nonsense. There's nothing there. This was merely a segment done for Bray Wyatt to A, get TV time, dress up like a fucking clown, get Uncle Howdy on TV, and replay the Bobby Lashley promo where he mentioned Bray Wyatt on Monday Night Raw that does nothing for a possible WrestleMania match. Uncle Howdy showing weather patterns. He's a meteorologist. You know what I see? A fucking blizzard coming in because this shit is ice cold. Ice cold. It's almost as if they're telling you. Awful. Move on with it. I got to decipher a series of fucking riddles to find out what's going on next week. I don't believe we're still on this. Man's been on fucking TV for six months now, had one match, and this is what we get. Solo Sokoa. He was backstage with Jimmy and Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman on his phone in the background. Jimmy told Solo... He wants to hash things out face-to-face. Heyman then showed Jimmy a text from the Tribal Chief. Heyman said, Roman says he'll be live on SmackDown next week. Oh, yeah, thanks for coming, Roman. Thanks for coming, Roman. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Paul Heyman's been holding those championships longer than Roman Reigns has around his shoulders. So if Jimmy doesn't handle Jay tonight, then Roman will handle him for next week personally. Rey Mysterio, he went one-on-one with Karrion Cross. It's one about the same time as their first match. I actually enjoyed their first match a lot better. This one just involved Dominic to get involved. And Cross got the victory. So Rey hit an early 6-1-9. He leapt through the ropes, diving onto Cross on the outside. Cross, back from a commercial break. Driving Ray into the ring post, razor's edge style into the ring post. Cross beat Ray 
for a little bit, beating on him. Right hit scissors cross into the corner turnbuckle, and then came back with a sidestep, threw him headfirst into the bottom rope. This is where Wright crashed to the floor. Wright came back a few minutes later at uh, mid-match or so and set up for a 6-1-9. This is where he hit the opposite ropes. Scarlett was standing on the ring apron to try and distract. She was flipped over the top rope when Ray bounced into the ropes. This distracted the referee, who turned around to check on Scarlett. Ray went for the 619. Dominic showed up out of nowhere to block the 619. Dominic yelled at Ray to hit him. He then stuck his chin out. Why don't you hit me, hit me, hit me? Ray shook his head, returned to the ring. This is where Cross elbowed Ray in the head and then applied the cross jacket. Ray's arm dropped three times, and the referee called for the bell via knockout. Cross wins in nine minutes. Has this done anything for carrying Cross? No. This should have been a way to build Cross up as a dominant heel. Using Rey Mysterio and the baby face that Rey Mysterio is. It's done nothing for carrying Cross. Cross was used as a means to get Dominic and Rey in the ring together. That's all this was. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you for uh, being here. We'll give you a win over Rey and set up the match with uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic. And Cross doesn't get nothing but a Andre the Giant Memorial consideration at WrestleMania. So after the end of this match, Dominic was egging Ray on, hit him, hit him, hit him. He was trash-talking him for over a minute. Ray turned away. Dominic said, yeah, exactly what I thought. Coward. Fans were chanting for Ray to hit him. Do it, do it. Dominic spun Ray around. Ray held his head. He couldn't do it. And he kicked the bottom rope and left the ring. He did not want to strike his own son. Great. I'm actually excited to see where this goes, but we didn't need Dominic all over this show, especially being interjected into the Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley face-to-face that was advertised. Jimmy Uso. He made his way out to the ring for the final segment of the night. Jimmy, emotional in the ring, addressed Jay through the heart camera, looking into the heart camera, he said, from one brother to another. He knows he's torn and hurt. When you hurt, I hurt, Oos. He said he'll always be there for him, and he needs him to be for be there for him right now. He said people are saying that there are cracks in the bloodline. He said there are issues, and everything has been crazy. We have a Sammy and Kevin Owens problem. He says they have issues with the tribal chief, and I can't do this alone. Sammy Zayn, again, pops up from the crowd in a black hoodie, hooded. Sammy lowered his hood and says, listen, I'm not here to fight. I need to talk to you. He points to Jimmy Uso. Says when he hears him use the word brother, that breaks his heart because that is what you were to me. You were my dog. We were dogs. He said Jimmy had his back all along and saw value in him. You were the one who made me the honorary Oos. Remember that. Without you, there is no honorary Oos. There is no Sammy feeling oozy. He said when things went south at the Royal Rumble, he didn't think twice, and he took him down with zero hesitation. He said, that hurt. Jimmy was getting angry. And he seemed conflicted emotionally as well. That was the, that was the other kind of, oh boy, Jimmy's now kind of getting conflicted here. Jimmy told Sammy he's so damn selfish for trying to blame him. 
He says, it was Sammy who made the choice. He said, he made the choice. You stepped on me and you stepped on Jay. What was I supposed to do? He says, he made the choice and he did what he had to do. That's what family does. Sammy said something family doesn't do is make them test their loyalty every single week and jump through ropes to prove his worth. Something every week that you guys did and try and manipulate me every week like Roman has done. He said, Roman has done that to Jay Uso for years. Never mind weeks. Jay suddenly appeared in the crowd, in the mezzanine. Sammy said the last thing he's going to do is make sure the bloodline comes crumbling down. He said there is a way out for him. He says he doesn't have to go down with the ship. He says he can see in his eyes that he knows it's true. Sammy glanced up at Jay because Jay was just standing there, and Jimmy hit Sammy in the face with the microphone, started punching away at him in the corner. Jimmy was beating up on Sammy, and Jay did not come to Sammy's defense. Jay did not hit the ring. So Jimmy turned and looked at Jay and was telling him to come on, let's do this, come on and help me. Sammy caught him with a surprise halluva kick after he got up. Jay watched on, emotionless, doing nothing. He didn't come to save Sammy. He didn't come to save Jimmy. His fans were chanting for Sammy. Sammy paced in the ring over at Jimmy. He saw Solo run out to come check on Jimmy, and Sammy retreated into the crowd before giving Jay Uso a look. They both stared at each other, and Sammy disappeared in the crowd as the show went off the air. This was excellent. We waited this whole show to see what was going on here, and this was excellent. The promo back and forth between Jimmy Uso and Sammy Zayn was tremendous. Jimmy is just as good as Jay when they are put into that situation together. They are fucking unbelievable. By themselves, they're just as good. Sammy, believable, emotional. Jimmy Uso and the anger that he showed from, you know, showing that he's emotional to his brother and he needs his brother to anger to Sammy was great. And I'm glad that Sammy Zayn finally got that shit off his chest to Jimmy Uso because it's going to sit with Jimmy Uso now as well. Because it's sitting with Jay. That's the, that's the whole kicker here. What Sammy said was very important tonight. It is going to be something that sits with Jimmy Uso as well because he listened to that. He could have instantly did what he did at the Royal Rumble as soon as Sammy Zayn showed up and he let Sammy talk. He let Sammy have the floor to explain how Sammy was feeling to him. That's the way it played out tonight. There's still more. There's still more. That's the thing. There's still more that Sammy needs to say. There's still more that we need to see and hear from Jimmy and Jay. But I'm loving everything that's going on here. I can't wait to see what happens next week when Roman is there because when Roman's there, you know business is going to be fucking big. You know Roman's not going to stand for any of this bullshit and he's going to get an answer out of Jay Uso one way or another. Definitely got me excited for next week. I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, is this the turn? Are we going to get the turn? Are we getting the turn tonight? Is Jay going to align with his brother? We didn't get it. We didn't get it yet. There's still more that all of these men have to say. And Sammy still has to really explain why he chose to break away from the bloodline. You know, we know why. We know why he did it. But he's going to need to go into more detail about why he did it in that moment. That's the next part. And it's just compelling television. It's just fucking great. I I love everything that's going on here. And 
I'm very excited about this going into next week. Just a couple of Rampage notes before we hit the Super Chats. Uh, I did watch the first half an hour of Rampage. Um, the Aussie Open Young Bucks match was tremendous. Uh, I think both of those teams are just fucking great. Aussie Open's incredible. Um, Excalibur announced that there will be a Face of the Revolution ladder match. Now, I don't know if this is taking place at the pay-per-view. I don't know if this is taking place on Dynamite. From my understanding, from what I was told, this is taking place on Dynamite. And that there will be men. I don't know how many men are going to be in this thing, but it's taking place on Dynamite. And if it doesn't take place on Dynamite, I'm assuming it's going to be taking place at the pre-show for Revolution because there's no way to fit all this shit on a pay-per-view card that includes a one-hour Iron Man match. I don't know why they announced a Face of the Revolution ladder match two weeks before the pay-per-view. I don't understand it. There was no qualifying matches? This is one thing I don't understand. It's like, you got weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of build. You got three months coming out of full gear till the next pay-per-view. I think everybody is kind of in the know, in the company. All right, we're doing a face of the revolution ladder match. We're going to have six guys, seven guys, however many guys are going to be in this thing. You should have qualifying matches on Dynamite weekly for about four or five weeks on Rampage or whatever to make those shows feel important. There should have been qualifying matches instead of men randomly chosen by Tony Khan because he deems them possible face of the revolution. Let's get some qualifying matches. It would have made the TV shows that much more interesting and mean a lot more. They would have been given, they would have given guys meaning to be on TV. We didn't get that. Then we got the Young Bucks and the House of Black. Still, no story. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be on this. I, I do not book this match at the pay-per-view. I do not book this match at the pay-per-view. Book a segment, a promo. It doesn't need to happen. There needs to be a story. There needs to be a face-to-face of all six guys and a reason given to us by Malachi as to why he's targeting the Young Bucks. You, you, you just can't throw these guys in a fucking six-man tag and then call it a day. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great match. No, there needs to be a story. I don't give a fuck what you are, who you are. If you're an AEW elitist, you need a story. The story is not enough. Oh, yeah, they attacked Brandon Cutler. Oh, they, they made the lights go out, and they're, they're playing mind games with the Young Bucks. No. Now, what am I, four? What am I, four years old? There needs to be a story. Outside that, that's all I watched on Rampage. I'll, I'll catch the rest tomorrow morning when I'm having breakfast. Uh, I know Tony Storm wrestled Will on Nightingale, and Action Andretti was in the main event with Sammy Guevara. Momentum for the ladder match, as both guys are in the ladder match. I, I, I wish I would have known that going into the show. Anyway, that's all I got for you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the show tonight. Hopefully I, uh, I did you right. If you found any of this informative... I would really appreciate you uh, leave a thumbs up. Follow me on social media. Not JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. You guys know the deal. We are 800 away from 50,000 followers on Twitter. Love it. 
Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on the bell for all notifications. We are 200 away, less than 200 away from 142,000 subscribers here on YouTube. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is right there. Get those super chats in. It's last call at the bar here in the venue. And get those memberships in. You're going to want to be a part of the VIP club for the grand opening of My Mother's Basement. Because when we grand open My Mother's Basement, it will be VIP only in the chat. Tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, I've talked a lot about long-term booking. We're seeing it somewhat with WrestleMania. We're seeing none of it with Revolution. You guys want to plan your own long-term storyline, then you're going to really need Blue Chew on your creative writing team. Honestly. Nobody better. Make sure you guys are getting ready for long-term planning and long-term booking with Blue Chew, man. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Get your free sample. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is very simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. No visits to the doctor's office. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. No awkward conversations. Easy. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and are prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. Make sure you guys sign up, man. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. $5 shipping and handling is all you have to be concerned with. Make sure you guys go check them out, and I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on Off The Scripts. Joseph Taylor with a $10 super chat. JD, two things. Your favorite Bret Hart matches and your top three AJ Styles matches. I could give you Bret Hart matches, man. I uh, I don't really have any favorite AJ Styles matches, to be quite honest with you. His John Cena matches were tremendous. Two favorite Bret Hart matches. My first, my favorite Bret Hart match of all time is the 1993 King of the Ring with Mr. Perfect in the semifinals. And my second favorite is Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Don't know why, but I feel Heyman can't be trusted. I don't know what's going on with Paul Heyman. I think Paul Heyman is the least of our concerns in this storyline, to be quite honest with you. He's only looking out for the tribal chief. He will not do the tribal chief wrong. Sidro. Why does it say Sidro's becoming a new member? I don't know. Sidro, I know you're not a new member, bro. Unless you let your membership lapse, and now this is a brand new membership. Don't know why. 
Mohammed with a Canadian $5 super chat. They really need to start Roman and Cody because it will get repetitive with Paul and the feud has potential to be great. Yes. My guy, Big Hodge, is in the chat. Shout out to my guy, Big Hodge, man. Yes, Cody and Roman uh, need to happen ASAP. They need to be face-to-face immediately. Uh, Jason Barker with a $10 Super Chat. The last segment needed so much more when it comes to Jey Uso. He needed to get in the ring. Sami Zayn was fine in there, but the star of the show was Jimmy Uso. We the ones. What are you drinking? I appreciate you, man. Thank you for uh, the $10 Super Chat. And yes, I absolutely agree. That segment needed a lot more. They're just egging it. They're they're, they're just stringing you along, man. They're giving you little crumbs. They're trying to stretch it out as long as they could. Miss you too, bro. Miss you too, man. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Roman might do something next week to wake Jimmy up to the truth. After all, Sammy spoke no lies tonight to Jimmy. Bloodline turmoil continues next Friday. Roman is definitely going to bring the business next week. That's what he does. Brandon Jefferson with seven months. I felt like I was on drugs during that Bray Wyatt segment. Yeah, that shit sucked. They need to, uh, they need to get serious with this Bray Wyatt shit, man. Five Flat Funhouse. I thought this shit ended when he came back. It's like we're going backwards in time here. The Jay Caleb Show with a five-month membership. Thank you so much, brother. Bray's segments equal bathroom breaks. For me, at least, it's gotten that bad. I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame you at all. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. Why take NyQuil pills if you need sleep? Just watch clips of Ronda Drowsy and you will fall asleep. I slept through Shannon's match. Hashtag Ronda Drowsy. Ronda Drowsy, indeed. The Jay Caleb Show with a $20 Super Chat. I like long-term booking, but sometimes you want a great seven-game series, and sometimes you want a heavyweight title fight. Elite versus House of Black. After the seven matches we saw, I'm okay with a great pay-per-view match. Hope it leads to Omega versus Buddy. No. The match doesn't make sense. The match, if you do the match just as a great pay-per-view match, the match doesn't make sense. The Elite just came out of a best of seven. Do you have them drop the title immediately after we just sat through two months of a fucking title chase? And then the House of Black, do you put them in a match where they are highly likely to lose when they should be the champions themselves? Or be at the top of the mountain in that division. It's a huge misfire. The whole thing is a huge misfire. Eric Newton with a 14 months in the venue. Thank you, Eric. Man, March 24th looking good. Resident Evil 4 remake comes out that day. John Wick 4 comes out. I'm hyped for the RE4 remake after seeing the new trailer. So am I, brother. Can't wait. I'm hyped for Destiny 2 Lightfall on Tuesday. I do nothing all day but play Destiny. 
New Bendy comic dubs with a six month. Thank you, brother. What if Cody doesn't beat Roman, makes him, makes his own bullet club and doesn't keep his father's promise doing it not for his dad, but for him at the next WrestleMania? Nah. Cody starting his own bullet club. I don't know. Could be, you know, with Jay White coming in, with Kenny Omega coming in. Imagine that, Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks against the Bloodline. I mean, holy shit. You know why WWE wants the elite in there. You, you know. Uh, Triple H is having fucking uh, a raging heart on just at the thought of that. Nate. With a seven months, do you know what everyone is talking about? Jay White going to WWE, probably going to AEW. What no one is talking about is how much his New Japan theme will be missed. Bro, if he goes to AEW, he's going to have a banger theme. His theme in WWE, I, I don't know so much. Their, their, their theme music department is uh, horrific. Tony Brown. 199 Tony Storm on Rampage. Oh, yeah. I saw. I, I tell you, man, it could be Tony time 24-7. No doubt about it. Hiru with a $5 super chat. Wasn't there a report a while back that said Bray had long-term creative through WrestleMania? It's basically been downhill since his return. <laughs> Vince McMahon. <clears throat> yeah, that shit got ripped up a long time ago, Hero. Clone Force with a $4.99. This is why they should have brought money in the bank back to WrestleMania to have wrestlers like LA Knight, Cross, Santos, Wyatt, Bronson Reed for them to do something. Yes. I'm sure I will discuss that on Sunday's live stream. Glorious one with a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you, Glorious. I feel like Tony Khan is going to take the titles off the Elite so they can jumpstart the feud with Punk and FTR. But on the other hand, why have House of Black lose their first big match back if they do lose? Like I said before, it does not make sense. It does not make sense. Chris with two S's. Seven months. What's up, Jay? The seven-month member. I asked the question Monday, does Gunther win the King of the Ring tournament and win the WWE Championship at SummerSlam versus Cody? It's a possibility, man. If there is a King of the Ring tournament, which there is news on, it's coming back to pay-per-view, a King and Queen of the Ring. Um, Gunther is a huge possibility for King of the Ring. Montreal Rather with a $2 Super Chat. Mad Cat Moss, more, more like Mad Cow Moss. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. Having Charlotte and Ronda back-to-back segments had me contemplating everything. Wish I could have 20 minutes back. Yeah, me too. Me too, man. That shit was fucking awful. Jason Martinez with a $5 super chat. Hello, Mr. JD. 
How about Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight version 2? I can see him coming up with N.D. Made sense. New Day was in NXT. Good way to intro L.A. Knight. It's a possibility, uh, Jason. I know they're coming up with creative for uh, Cameron Grimes right now because he's supposed to be on the main roster after WrestleMania, but we'll see. Crushing the discussion with a 499. Hate how Bray is seeming to have more creative liberties and is seeming to overthink it a little. Bro, I'm done. I'm over it. Uh, I'm, I'm completely over it, bro. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. This episode seemed like a McMahon special. Yeah. Absolutely. Rick Morty with a 1999 with the week. I got to finish the story angle with Cody. Would it be considered a flop if he doesn't get the title at WrestleMania and SummerSlam? Yes. It's almost as if he needs to win. Needs to win at Mania. Killalicious with a new membership. Thank you, brother. The fuck are you drinking, man? Welcome. Montreal Rather with a $10 super chat. The only thing equality should matter is in their work effort, regardless of gender, color, race, etc. The hardest workers who put in the work all year round should be in WrestleMania matches, not part-timers. The match doesn't deserve to be a main event WrestleMania match. I don't give a shit who you are. Allie Rose with a one month. I've been watching you for seven and a half years and will always be an OTS fan for life. SmackDown was just mid as hell. Made me bored. Allie Rose, I appreciate you. Delicious. I see that gin. I like me some Irish gunpowder gin, man. Good old gin and tonic with a nice slice of lime. Excellent. Bradley Xavier with an Australia $5 super chat. If Charlotte wants to play politics for lack of women main eventing, when did a tag team title match ever main event WrestleMania? I don't recall. I don't think ever. Joseph Taylor with a $20 super chat. Shawn Michaels won the Royal Rumble in 1995. Lawrence Taylor main evented WrestleMania 11. Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble in 1997. 1997 went on to have a five-star match with Bret Hart, Sid, Undertaker, and main evented WrestleMania 13. Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble in 1997, and he had a uh, five-star match with Bret Hart. That wasn't the main event of WrestleMania. I need examples. Someone tweet me right now. Someone tweet me examples. I swear to God right now. Get on this. Somebody. I'm going to tweet this out. Somebody get on it. Tell me all the instances where someone won the Royal Rumble and did not main event WrestleMania. There will be absolutely zero who can refute this evidence. Equality. You're lucky you're even on the fucking show. Never mind equality. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a $20 super chat. Shawn Michaels won the Royal Rumble. Oh, I just seen that. Thank you, Joseph Taylor. I love you, Joseph. Thank you for the uh, little uh, information there, brother. Thank you so much. Miggy Saito with a 125. I should have played Hogwarts Legacy and then watched WWE tonight. Sounds like a sound plan. 
Telling you, somebody tweet me. Somebody, my DMs are open. Let me know. DGK dog with a 999. Becky has repeatedly said that she loved that WrestleMania 35 main event was earned. She never wanted it handed to her for political reasons. Charlotte cannot say the same. No. Jamie Rushbrook with a new membership. Jamie, thank you. What the fuck are you drinking, Jamie? Theme parks and things with Johnny. Five out super chat. What do you think of AJ Styles, Cody, Good Brothers, Jay White, Kenny, the Bucks, and a huge faction in WWE not happening, but would be nice? Keep dreaming, brother. Keep dreaming, man. Rick Morty with a 499. You got me to watch WWE and Pro Wrestling and appreciate the channel, bro. Much love. Thank you, Morty. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you for being here. And Raging Girl Gamer with a 999 super chat. What's up, JD and OTS fam? Keep my mom in your prayer. She's in hospice care now, and I don't know how to deal with it. I consider y'all my family, and being here has helped me through so much. I appreciate y'all. Reg, that's the first I'm hearing of that news. Uh, I, uh, I am terribly sorry about that um obviously my uh my dms are open um i'm terrible with the dms on twitter uh, i got so many fucking backlog dms it's like ridiculous dms are always open uh i need everybody in the uh venue right now L- let me see i need every single prayer you got 1875 in here right now. i need everybody with those prayer emojis in the chat for rage everybody everybody in the chat with the prayer emojis any well wishes thoughts love prayer to rage would be appreciated Glorious one with 499 edge won the royal rumble 2021 and didn't main event versus jericho at wrestlemania Appreciate you guys for being here, man. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me on this Friday night. Next time you see me live will be on Sunday. Got a couple of great shorts going up tomorrow. Make sure you guys look out for those. Really great topical discussions going up tomorrow. We're hitting the road. I'm getting the hell out of here, man. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Again, hit that subscribe button down below. Become a part of the OTS family. Thank you for the super chat love tonight. Thank you for the memberships tonight. Go check out all the other content on the channel. And check out Bluetooth, bluetooth.com, code JD at checkout. Guys, I'll see you live on Sunday night. We'll have more news to end your week. Thank you for a great stream. MGM Ballin with a 499. Vince won the 1999 Royal Rumble. Didn't main event WrestleMania. Prayers for Rage. Let me see those ace emojis. Let me see those Mustang emojis. Let me see those rock on emojis. And let me hear that music turned up to max. Guys, I'll see you live Sunday night for Off the Scripts. We'll be live in the venue on Sunday night to close out your week. Until then, have a great Saturday, and I'll see you live Sunday night right here on OTS.
Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.